podcast. As you can tell, I have lost my voice, but we're going to do our best. I have Tyler with me. We've kind of talked about him. He's one of my friends that I made in Costa Rica. You've made an appearance when I gave you a shout out about that song. I was going to mention Tom Mish. It runs through me. Exactly. Yeah. So we're excited to have him on. Lots of stories that we can get caught up on. And let's just jump into it. Yeah, it's actually interesting, Avanti, about your voice because it was literally fine until I pressed record. <laughs> I know. It went out. <laughs> it's the pressure. I can't handle the pressure. Definitely. But I've been having tea all day. I've been trying to prepare, not use my voice as much. So we'll see how this goes. I appreciate your dedication to our art, truly. Always. <laughs> Tyler, thanks for coming on. We're happy to have you. Um, what's your major? Like, what brought you to Costa Rica? Let's get some some context um, Yeah, here. no, thank you guys for having me. Um, so I used to introduce myself by saying that I had, like, the most unemployable combination of majors. Um, so I'm a philosophy and conservation biology double major. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. And so Costa Rica appealed to me, I guess, for like both sides of my interests. Um, just because for one, um, a lot of the philosophy, a lot of the reason why I'm interested in philosophy um, is for different ways of thinking about and approaching like the natural world. And oh. Costa Rica interested me like for that reason, just because they, they've done such a good job at like stewardship compared to so many other places and I was curious about what that looked like close uh, close up and also just like I thought the hiking would be awesome so oh, which has it been so far it has, has been awesome yes I agree yeah and then also you have a good Spanish level too you've been you've taken a couple classes right yeah my AP Spanish teacher kind of like scared it out of me <laughs> just because she was like oh, I don't even know how to describe her she was just a terrifying person but really? we would have presentations constantly yeah and I was like really shy in high school, like did not want to get up in front of 25 people and talk in another language about like 100 years of solitude. <laughs> um, so I like, yeah, first semester freshman year, I was like, I'm going to just get my language requirement out of the way, and got it out of the way. So I hadn't spoken it much, but I think it's improved a lot. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah, for considering that he hasn't taken any college classes or just one freshman year, like it's at a good level. Yeah, that's awesome. What university do you go to? In the um, US. Yeah, so I go, yeah, not, not in University of Honestly, you and Avanti go to the same one in Costa Rica, but we're in the yeah. US. <laughs> um, so I go to a liberal arts school in Virginia. It's called Washington and Lee. I've heard, um, I visited it. It's like D3 Davidson would probably be like a good way to describe yeah. it, I think. Yeah, I yeah. went to, I did a trip to Virginia, so I visited the campus. Okay, awesome. What do you, do you remember having like any kind of impressions about it? I thought it was beautiful. I mean, it's super green. Obviously, I mean, Virginia itself is like super green. So yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Yeah, no, I love, I like love the architecture style. Yeah, I had, it's a, classic. Yeah, I had a friend last year from Colorado who was like, yeah, honestly, like this school kind of ugly. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Someone with no taste right there. Seriously. Yikes. Are you What's from that? Virginia then? Or where are you from? Um, I'm from New Jersey, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so... I guess uh, maybe like subconsciously coming to Costa Rica, I was also like kind of eager to escape the the dismal landscape of uh, oh yeah the, East Coast. You're just moving yeah. south. You just keep moving south. Virginia Seriously. wasn't south enough for you, so you're like, let's just go a couple thousand miles more. Right. <laughs> Costa Rica. Next, we're gonna hit Peru. Oh my gosh! Did did, did you listen to the Peru, last yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> you, you are, can you, are you gonna Are you gonna do it with with Avantika? 
that just sounds like exceptionally cool. Right. I'm not a they have, like, I think they have like conservation like parts of it. I don't know if you if she sent you the link so you could read up on it or anything like we that. Have different tracks. Yeah, I'll definitely send, send it that way. Yeah, send it my way. That would just be such a cool right? song there. Yeah. And then we can keep your trend of moving south. It exactly, all works out. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So Tyler also plays soccer and that, that's what I you saw do. the ball when you guys were relocating. I saw he was carrying the ball. Yeah. I have friends who are like, you could be on like a desert island and like the one thing that you would remember to bring would like be a soccer ball. That's the first thing he got here. You also got a guitar though. So that, that's something. Yeah. But how has the soccer culture here been? Because everyone knows Latin American countries love soccer. Yeah. I mean, it's been really cool, honestly. Um, like the the level of skill that you can find and just like a random person playing on the beach is like really high. Um, right. And so that's also been like a cool cultural thing for me a little bit where there's this... Uh, park in the middle of san jose called like el parque de la sabana um and it's like a really popular pickup spot on the weekends it's where the national stadium is uh then like national art museum is right there and so i'll go and play there a lot but it's cool you get to meet a lot of different people like you see uh you start to see some of the same faces which is interesting and it's cool to go there and have people recognize you that's awesome that's very i'd say it's very similar to like how here is most guys know how to play football basically it's like that just because like that's the main sport like here you can find basketball courts everywhere there you can find like soccer fields or at least the goals like anywhere i mean one thing uh that's really cool like there's a slang word like in costa rica specifically for pickup soccer game oh uh mehenga yeah and you can say like uh Estamos mejengarando. Oh, nice. oh, love that. I love also, that. Also, all like the basketball courts here have been converted to soccer fields, basically. Yeah. Like there's no net anymore. They're just a goal post. That's also interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the same thing in um, Ecuador, too. You don't see basketball courts anywhere. It's just the goal posts. So, yeah. no, it's really fun. Um, I remember our first weekend here, actually. Um, we went on an, excur- on an excursion with our, our agency, ISA. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I've been doing this for a long time. Like I start to get a little angsty if I don't play much. Um, and so we were coming back from having visited a volcano and our tour guide, we were supposed to get back around four. Our tour guide is like, let's stop at an ice cream shop. And it was just taking forever. I really wanted to get back and play because I heard, I'd heard so much about this park and I put the Uber in my phone. It's like 10,000 clones, which is like 15 bucks. And it was 30 or 40 minutes away. And I was go up to our coordinator and I was like is it cool if I leave and she was like why she was like our bus is there are you not coming with us like what's going on do you not want ice cream yeah and I was Just like ditched us yeah and I was like all right I'm out and so I went and played <laughs> but uh I'm really glad I did honestly it was it was a bizarre decision on my part but it was really fun <laughs> was I it not like where it would have still been going by the time you got back um it would have been dark probably okay do they stop playing at dark yeah and it's also okay. just like it's not a great idea to be there at night also. Um, but I remember that time when I went, I just joined a random game. Like it was our first week here. My Spanish was probably like a 10th as good. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't know all the, the football, the oh my gosh, football, soccer Spanish though. Cause a lot of people like the only Spanish words they know if they're a soccer fan is like what they hear on announcers. Like That's when they really watch true. the games. Yeah. But I didn't know like the names of positions. Like you're, a lot of it's also just standing around waiting to get on. True. And so I like couldn't really casually talk to people. Um, and then I scored at one point and 
they're uh the goalie on the other team they're all the games are like super competitive it's like nope mm-hmm. didn't go in wasn't a goal oh no and they're the guys on my team were like that give him a penalty Stop. <laughs> and i was like okay and so i go up and take it and i scored and they're all oh, like yeah they were all like christian pulisic christian pulisic <laughs> love that i didn't yeah. know that story that's yeah. so fine that was a funny one yeah yeah Do you play soccer for your school then or just like for fun oh uh, yeah for my school okay nice yeah yeah. Oh, that, that sounds like one of your top memories so far of the trip. Any other highlights up there? Um, that was a fun one. Um, soccer specifically or? No, in general. No. Have you been going on there on the Airbnb trips? Um, I've gone, I went to our first one to Hako. I went to, I w- actually went back to Hako. I missed the Puerto Viejo trip because I had another friend who we, I've been trying to arrange something with for forever. And we really wanted to learn how to surf. Mm-hmm. And so we went back to Hako. That was a really fun experience for sure. Yeah. You have any stories from that one? Oh gosh. Well, just I just feel- learning how to surf. I, I, you said that was your first time. Yeah, right? no, that was really cool. Um, I do. I do feel like I have to share a group story at some point too, though. Oh, we'll get to those. <laughs> I have a list. Oh gosh. Okay. But I also went surfing for the first time last weekend, which was one of the things I wanted to do on my bucket list here in Costa Rica. So it was nice riding some waves. I think I did pretty okay as a beginner. It wasn't too bad, but my instructor was really nice and he helped me like actually get on the board and do things. It's really unlike any other sport, honestly. Right. Since we're going out of order, do we want to go how you guys met and then to a group story? Probably. So the story of how we met is kind of fun too. It was our second day here. We had the city tour in the morning. So we all go to parks and like a museum and just walked around a little bit. And then on the way back, everyone was walking to their homestay and me and Abby, my roommate and one other person kind of lived in the same area. So we were walking back together and we decided to check out a park before going home just because we had time and nothing else to do. So while we're walking to this park, we see a group of three other guys who like I recognized from our program. And so I was like, I asked Abby, I was like, hey, should we invite them? And then Abby was the one who actually yelled out. And she was like, hey, guys, like, you want to go to the park? We're going to the park. So we all just kind of walked to the park together, got to know each other. Then a bunch of us needed school supplies because classes were going to start. So we walked to this little store called Polly, which has, it's like a grocery store, basically. Got some school supplies. I think, did you get your ball then? No, I didn't get the ball to get it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was a scary experience. Okay. And then, yeah, so that's like how we initially met. We made a group chat and then we just kind of started talking from there. But yeah. it was almost like a coincidence if you guys weren't walking that way, if we didn't go to the park. I mean, wouldn't you could have since you guys are both in ISA, like during one of the excursions, you guys could have like met then. But yeah, definitely. definitely. But I mean, that's the, that's like the fun of making friends a little bit is that it always feels like the, the beginning's a little random. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Out yeah and I mean just thinking about the last one like you talking about um Acacia talking about like dating apps and like the desire to like have the ease of like finding something or someone versus versus like the like wanting the the random encounter yeah yeah I mean, it's definitely there's definitely a lot of like compatibility with making friends there too right definitely yeah yeah I feel like the compat compatibility of our group kind of works out too we haven't got into many conflicts we all get along with each other the dynamics pretty nice no i mean it's like kind of astonishing like just for yeah. six people that, that met in a park one day like there's no drama like 
chemistry's good. Right. Well, and from fun. like Honestly, all different parts too. That's from- literally like what happened with my Europe group. Like we literally were just coincidentally six of us sitting on the bus together, like next to each other. And we made friends and we, there was very little conflict just from that, ironically, cause it's me and Grayson. So there was the normal me and Grayson conflict, but other than that, <laughs> Other than that, it was fine. Um, questions. Since you said you went to the mall, I know you both have been to the mall now. Is stuff super expensive at the mall compared to like anywhere else? Yeah, like this ball was like twenty or twenty five dollars, and it's like destroyed now. I think Ivan's gonna contest you. Oh yeah, definitely. It was destroyed a long time ago. Like, oh yeah, it gets flat right away. Like my friend Christian plays at uh, Franklin Marshall, and he's coming mm-hmm. next Wednesday. And I'm definitely having him bring some soccer supplies. <laughs> soccer supplies. Yeah, we need reinforcements. Wow. Halfway through the trip and the reload. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. I think the prices are a little bit more expensive. Well, definitely more expensive than places that aren't the mall. But compared to United States prices too, there's like a little bit of a tax on it. So even just normal things that you yeah. can get in the States are slightly more expensive at the mall. That honestly still sounds cheaper than Ecuador. I think probably a soccer ball in Ecuador will cost like 40 bucks. Like they, because things are export, maybe it's because Ecuador is farther away. So the shipping is more, but I tell you what, like I did not buy anything at the mall because it was so expensive. I only would buy stuff when we like went to little towns and stuff because that stuff was cheap, but the mall was terrible. And it was like, not even like good quality things. It was just so expensive. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. You have any group stories that you wanted to touch on? Uh, had you thought of any? If not, I have one. Just like in my uh, journal the other day, I was doing like my six week reflection. And I was like, well, what have been the, the moments that have been really cool? What would be the ones that I would want more of in the next six weeks? And scratching oh, yeah. intensive Spanish class and service learning were definitely the one off my list. They're yeah, we're done with that. Exactly. Those are definitely the ones I want less of. Oh, right. But honestly, like the, the first night in Hako, I really enjoyed. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, just because. Is that the night when you guys took the shots? <laughs> Is that in I, I Hako? No. Yeah, that was this, I was. I was at like a not I was at a dinner and I get this video from Avantika and she's like guess what and it's her the video of you guys doing shots because it was my first time I'd never done it before so I definitely had to that one of the highlights for me too but also I think we didn't know each other super well so it was nice just getting to know each other and talking and like figuring out who everyone is and their stories absolutely Tyler took it took until Costa Rica to corrupt her because I've been trying to corrupt her for a year now and it took until Costa Rica (laughs) I had to make it a big moment I mean that's happened you can't you can't come to Costa you can't come to Costa Rica sorry and not drink uh have not have yourself a little cacique and imperial right exactly like it's just I think I literally had it on my list right I think it's probably just because she has the thousand miles of separation from parents. That's my yeah, hypothesis. Definitely. I'm not living at home anymore. Yeah, I mean, it helps out. That's definitely something to be said for study abroad, though, right? It's just that, like, it gives you yeah. literally thousands of miles from from whatever your identity was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like the Speaking first time, parents, we always do that. We pause at the same time that we start at the same time. <laughs> my, but no, I was going to say literally my first time drinking was when I went to Ecuador. Like I had never drank before. That. And then I came back and I didn't even drink. Like it took until then we started college that I did. So it's just different too. Do you feel like you guys have like a Costa Rican identity or has it not been long enough? Or like, I don't know. Do you feel like it's, you have a way you act there that's different than how you're going to act when you come home? Um, that's like, 
That's really interesting. I think I'm basically the same other than maybe like the only thing I can think of is when I speak Spanish, like I try to use some sort of accent. So I'm not sounding like super white or anything, but I wouldn't call that an identity. I, I think I'm the same person. Just well, let's hope it unwound you a little bit too, so that you'll like come out with me when you come back. That's what you're hoping. That's what you're hoping. <laughs> well, because um, Karen has a job now. I don't have a person to go out with anymore. I'm missing you right now. Yeah. Speaking of going out, we have big plans tonight because yes, it's Abby's told birthday. You've been telling me all week. I am expecting so a full update. Oh, yes. I've been looking forward to it. I was doing the math this morning. It's only 9,500 colones for, for 19 shots. That's a bargain. <laughs> Let's do it. Sounds I don't, like a good time. I don't, I don't make the rules. I know that this is what yeah. we have to do. It's your birthday. It's what you do. And we have a joke that like every week or every time we go out, it's Abby's birthday so we can get free drinks. But this time it's actually her birthday. So we will oh, be making good use of that. That's yeah. smart. How did you discover that as an idea like the first time? It wasn't my idea. It was someone in the group. I can't take credit for it, but yeah, I know. That works wonders. Exactly. <laughs> Tyler, do you feel like you have a dual personality now? Um, yeah, I think that's such an interesting question, honestly. Um, a lot of maybe what makes study abroad interesting is like that it gives you a couple months to sort of reflect on like how you show up. Um, if you know what I'm getting at with that. And then Definitely. you get to go back to your, your house or your university or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I think that when you go off for your freshman year of college, in a lot of respects, like you're playing out like a lot of maybe desires that you had in high school uh, that then, right. So you were a certain way in high school, you wish you were a certain other way. And so maybe you overplay that when you get to college Absolutely. Um, and then after, yeah, for me, after two and a half years in college, right, you get sort of com- more comfortable with your friends, you get more comfortable with who you are, and then you get to bring that person to, to your study abroad instead. I agree. I feel like it's just, be- it's just another study abroad, another opportunity in addition to college is just no one knows you, so you can completely create you know, how you act in your persona from scratch. And then it's the same with study abroad. And I know for me, it was just like, I literally was a different person when I came back, like just the way I saw things was completely different. I don't know if you guys kind of feel the same because it's like, you can't, you can't really explain why or how you just like feel different. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. No, I think it, I think it totally does. Um... I think just the experience of living a different culture for such a sustained amount of time is what causes you to have that different outlook on life. And I haven't been able to compare it yet because obviously I'm not back, but I anticipate having like different thoughts or when I'm doing something, realizing a new way of thinking about it. So I look forward to that happening. One of the few things I'm looking forward to about going back. I hate thinking about going back. She just doesn't want to see me anymore. (laughs) Why? She's Costa Rican Avantika all the way now. Oh yeah. Tika. Just True yes. Tika. Sorry. Avantika. To... You're Avantika, not Avantika. There you, go. there you go. But just as like a literal example, on my end, uh, everybody at my homeschool calls me uh Gail. It's my middle name. And there was another Tyler on the soccer team. So, so you're Gail. Yeah, so I'm I'm Gail, but here I'm Tyler. You don't so, even get to be your last name. You're Gail. I'm Gail. Yeah. My last name's <laughs> Yeah, it's too many syllables, I guess. Two two syllable nicknames are hard to stick. That's fair. That's fair. 
for me, like the biggest thing, like when I went to Ecuador and then I came back is like, I feel like most people, they go away from home and they're like, and they're like homesick. And they're like, oh yeah, like I can't wait to get back to my old life. For me, it was like, I want to leave the United States again as soon as possible. Like I am so fine living somewhere else. Like I was like, I staying in the U S was going to be boring for me for, from when the time I got back and I knew that, and that's like something that definitely wasn't the case for before I was like, Oh yeah, I'll work in the U S like completely. And now I'm like, as soon as I graduate, get me out of here. I mean, it's just so cool to like be able to entertain as an adoption even. Exactly. Yeah. Like my brother. Um, so he went to Miami of Ohio. He was a political science major and a Spanish minor. Um, and he didn't get the opportunity to study abroad. And after he graduated, he really wanted to move to Chicago. So we got a job out there, really didn't like it, and decided to go back to New York. So that's, like, very recent news, actually. So he made that decision yesterday. Oh, damn. What? <laughs> I thought we talked about this. But after, like, having been down here for a bit, I was like, you know, dude, like, there's not much stopping you. Like, if you wanted to go be a ski bum for a winter in Colorado, or even this one random girl that I met in Hako who like constantly posts on her story about openings at her hostel where they give you free lodging and food and like a little bit of money. And she lives five minutes from the beach. Like it's, it's all doable. Yeah, definitely. I think people just, they, it's so much of putting limitations on yourself just because either they like people don't know about it or they just really don't think it's like something they could do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's this perception for sure of travel is something that's like, like indulgent and expensive and you need to have yeah. a lot of years someone supporting you, but it's like, so not true. And honestly, like, yeah, it's the better, you have the better experiences. I think when you go somewhere like flat broke, you have to stay in a hostel with, exactly. a bed, bed with five other people and you just make it work. Oh, literally. Cause of course, when I tell people I love to travel and I travel all the time, they're like, Oh much, she must be rich. Like she lives in a mansion. Like her parents are paying for all that. Like it's, it's not the case. Like I travel cheap. Like when I can, like I literally paid for my trip back to Ecuador this summer. Like I was bumming it on my host family's house again. Like it's just, it's, it's always the best when it's spontaneous too. And like, I'm like when Avanta was telling me you guys were doing the Airbnb trips, I was like, that is your real Costa Rican experience right there. Not the ISA excursions, not going to school, like the, these Airbnb trips is what it's about really. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And okay. So you mentioned going back and living with your host family for a bit. I don't like, I'm trying to think of my relationship with my host mom right now. And I don't know if it's just because like the program we're in has stricter rules or maybe she's more of a traditional person, but like, I don't think she would open her door again like that for me just to come and stay. So I think that's something interesting. I don't know if it's a culture thing, but even I'm staying three extra days at the end of my program, just because flight tickets were cheaper to go back. So I was like, I'll stay three extra days. It's fine. I told my mama Tika and I was like, oh, so I'll be in San Jose for three extra days. And she was like, oh yeah, you can stay with me. You just have to pay me this much. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, for for them, I think, because they're getting paid. Like, it's just different. Like, obviously mine was an exchange. So like, I, my host sisters came and lived with me. And so I was like integrated into the family. Whereas like you're, I think for you guys, it's much more of like you're a guest in the house and not like into the family. Whereas like for me, obviously I could have that connection. And like, if my host sisters ever wanted to come back and stay with me, like they totally could. And like, I'm really close to everyone in the family. So there's just that connection. I think that's just different. No, I mean, that definitely does sound like a a really cool experience and like a, a really cool relationship to have. 
Yeah. And like my host sister is going to college in Spain right now and I'm going to study abroad in the South of France and I'm, my university is like three hours by train from her university. So we're going to take the train back and forth to see each other. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I think that's one advantage of doing an exchange versus like a study abroad, because not only do you get more integrated into the culture, because you're not with a whole another program of students who are also from the States, who you speak English to all the time, who you're like taking classes with. Instead, you get to interact more with the locals. And that's something that I've kind of been missing. Like the only time we really get to interact with the locals is if we go out to a club or maybe like when he goes to the park kind of thing. But the majority of the time, I'm unfortunately talking in English with students who are also from the States. Yeah, we were talking about that like yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, and it's in a practical sense. Like I pretty much came here like to learn Spanish. Exactly. And like, I think it's still improved dramatically. And like, I have a fairly good relationship with my host mom and talk to her a lot, but it would also be really cool to get to be in a family where, like you have a stake in, in them, they have a stake in you. They want to see you succeed. They'll take you out and show you places. Definitely. Because like what I did, it was completely volunteer. Like none of us got any monetary value. It was literally like the, ex- like, because it was a direct exchange part, it was like, oh, well, they paid for my stuff while I was there and I paid for their stuff while they was there, but there was no compensation. It was completely volunteer. And so I think that's why is that it just creates that, that better relationship. And because you have like a host sibling your age. And so you have someone to like be close to. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that whenever we hang out as a friend group, we just start speaking in Spanish now because we're like at the halfway point. Abby's going to be excluded though, man. I know. Yeah, that's the only thing. Whenever you and I talk, like I am absolutely up for it. I agree. As a matter of fact, let's do the rest of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, we've been meaning to do that. We just haven't like, I, cause I wanted to get a Spanish speaking guest just cause I think it'd be funny to like have like non-Spanish speakers, like non-native Spanish speakers doing the podcast, because I have friends that speak Spanish um, that are like native speakers. So I thought that would be more fun. But yeah, yeah. yeah that would be really cool. We're, yeah. we're just going to have to do a part two. Yeah, we... exactly. That's what I was going to say. We can do a part two that's Spanish's, uh, that's Tyler's Spanish special. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> so, Monica, I do remember you saying at one point that you were doing a, like, clip of yourself speaking Spanish every day. Yeah. Or every every week, right? Have you every done a new week. one? So I do them every week. I do them every Friday. And so mm-hmm. I've just been trying to see if like I make any improvement. I haven't looked back at any of okay, them I was ask. because first of all, I just hate listening back to myself other than the podcast because it kind of have to. That took you a couple months even to get used to because I always make her listen back after I edit and she's like, I hate my voice so much. <laughs> exactly. And I also want it to be kind of like a surprise almost to maybe hopefully see some sort of progression. I mean, I will say like even just in our class, you sound a lot more confident after right. having done your intensive. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that yeah because like I honestly can't feel any difference I was actually talking to Lucas and I think my Spanish has been getting worse and I don't know if this is a mental perception or what or maybe my expectations for myself are getting higher but I find myself like looking for more vocabulary words probably because I'm trying to use like deeper level or more advanced words but yeah, no. I think it's just like the way I'm looking at it. I feel like I'm getting worse, but in reality, hopefully that's it's not the case. Perception. We I should definitely that. do the part two then so that we can like see how your guys' Spanish are. And then you have something to listen back to kind oh, of sure. as that a mark. And I would love that. Of course, I love any excuse to speak Spanish. So, right. No, no that'd be awesome. Man. 
Yeah. Kind of shifting gears. Tyler, do you know what you want to do after you graduate? Are you doing a master's or any idea? Um, yeah, actually. So um, I was telling Ivanska on the way over, I had a uh, fellowship meeting this morning. Um, and so I'm applying for one that I've literally been working. I've been working on the application since January. It's such an obnoxious amount of writing. Yeah. Like I think Ivanska can tell, can tell you like remembering me uh, working on it on the bus ride to Hako. I was just going to say, not even just the bus ride to Hako, the bus ride to Punta Leona, the bus ride to Irasu, the bus ride everywhere. He'll have his laptop out and like yeah. trying to work it's on it. It's so obnoxious. Yeah. But, um, that professor is a uh, classics professor. He's, he was my freshman writing uh, seminar professor. He, I have like a good relationship with him. He's the nicest guy. Um, and he also runs our, so he's the director of fellowships too. And I had a conversation with him in like, no, like October. Um, and we were just talking about like what opportunities I could pursue with him this year. And he was like, okay, so what do you see yourself doing? And I was like, well, you know, I'd love pretty much the dream would be to go and earn a PhD or something in philosophy. And he was like, okay, well, as somebody who cares about you and as a, someone who's made it work, and who's a tenured track professor, I will tell you that getting a PhD in the humanities is a horrible idea. <laughs> like he's, I like quoting him. He said like the job market is beyond shit, like told me a story. <laughs> so he is an incredibly impressive guy. So he went to WNL. He was a Fulbright at Oxford. He got a PhD in classics from Stanford. Wow. Um, yeah. He taught English at a high school for two years and then went to Nebraska uh, and was a lecturer, had like a ridiculous um, amount of uh, classes that he had to teach while he was waiting to see if he got tenure tracked or not. And then he did. And he was like, I don't want to live in Nebraska for the rest of my life or until I earn tenure and have the opportunity to move somewhere else. And so he turned it down and said that there were people who like to this day hated him for it. Um, and then was lucky enough to to get an offer and make it work at WNL. So you're learning from his mistakes and you're going to get tenured right after your PhD, right? <laughs> I mean, that would be ideal, but I, a part of me is still really tempted to make it work, but I've had like conversations with other mentors where they were like, um, listen, you don't have to look at your interests as an either or you can try to be the sort of person who um, gets a degree in one place and then tries to explore other spaces with it. Um, and so I think right now the, dream would be to earn a master's in uh, like ecology and then get to maybe do something a little more in the vein of anthropology, philosophy, ecology for a PhD. Nice. And hopefully teach. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good, it's a good time, honestly, to like have multiple interests just because like most people don't stay in the same job for five, more than five years. Like everyone's switching after five years. So it's like the culture now is a lot more accepted of just switching jobs, which I think is so good for people of multiple interests. No, totally. And I mean, it's like with my brother, he, he doesn't know what he wants to do yet. And he's, it's fine. He's 23, right? Like it would be crazy to ask him to commit somewhere for, for like a, a lifetime career. Definitely. Do you yeah. want to be a professor then that's end goal? Yeah, that's definitely end goal. So you like teaching or like what about being a professor appeals to you? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a super strong impression about what I wanted to do for a really long time. And Avantika can also tell you this, like I will talk people's ears off about this philosophy professor I have. I was just going to say, I think he's had a lot of good role models that have helped him guide in this direction. And he's seen like what 
they've done for him. And I, from what I, I see or the impression I have of you, like you want to pass that same sentiment down to others and impact others the same way you've been impacted. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, like there's a line about philosophy from a philosopher. I really like Heidegger where he says something like, it's absolutely right that you can't do anything with philosophy. Like the question is whether or not philosophy might do something else. Um, and so that like definitely embodies the sort of relationship I have with this professor where That's my school awesome. is mostly. Yeah. I'm totally yeah. connecting the dots now. Cause I remember Avantika like a couple weeks ago being like, Oh my God, like this guy in our group, like we just talked about philosophy for like hours. Like it was the most <laughs> intelligent conversation I've had in such a long time. Like so oh, now I'm connecting awesome. that. Yeah. And you have like such a nice way of putting your stories too, or like if you're explaining something, I don't have much philosophy knowledge, but he helps me understand or like I get the gist of the story he's telling or whatever. So they're always interesting conversations. I look forward to them. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, uh, I had this professor though, and he's he's like very quippy. Um, he's a, the smartest guy I've ever met. He, I actually uh, was just emailing him. So he's going to be helping me with my honors thesis. But um, I remember every every class I've taken with him on the first day, he likes to do introductory stuff. And he asks people, like, why do you sign up for this class? And then he just likes to try to project, like, celebrity intellectualism. That's what I think he likes to call it um, in the room. And so he'll get people who will say that their, like, favorite philosopher is Peter Singer, who's, like, a very practical utilitarian, donate your excess income to a famine relief kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he had somebody who said her in this class – and he was like, why, so why do you like him? And she was like, well, you know, I just think he's very relevant to the real world. And he goes, well, in what world would that be? <laughs> and I was like, okay. Love those professors. Yeah. That's what I knew. Yeah. What is the fellowship? Like, what are you going to be doing for the fellowship? It's called the Udall. Um, it's supposed oh, I've heard to... of the Udall. We, ASU yeah. promotes it. Yeah. So it's supposed to support uh, kids who want to, it's weird to call us like kids at this point. Like I'm 21. Adults, <laughs> young adults. people, young yeah. men, young men and women <laughs> who want to earn degrees in uh, environmental or who want to do graduate work in environmental science, humanities, whatever. Is it for um, research or is it just to support your studies? It's really open-ended. And my fellowship guy was just like, we've probably, so part of the reason why it took so many cycles of revision was because every time I would try to be like, I want to explore like the interdisciplinary relationship between ecology and philosophy. And he's like, We're, you're like in the clouds, buddy. Like we need concrete like action <laughs> items. Pretend yeah. that you're like a business robot. Like, you know, I love you, but like. <laughs> <laughs> no, as someone who's done like national scholarships, like that applications, like I totally have had the same thing where I've made too broad and they're like, no, you need to say what your five-year plan is with exactly, exactly. your steps. It's the most frustrating form of writing in the world. Definitely. Because like, you just want to be able to like, be like, oh, I could use it for all these things. But they're like, no, they want to know exactly what you're going to use it for. Yeah, no, it's brutal. And yesterday he was like, or so I had my second to last meeting with him on Tuesday. And uh, there was one essay. It's just the one they had on everyone. It's like, what additional information would you like to share with the committee? And he was like, you know, I've beaten the philosophy impulse out of you pretty good. But like, this might be a good place for it. And so you so have I, an outlet. At I least finally, you have an outlet. I finally got to write about it. And I think that's, that's so unique too. Like I've never met someone who like wanted to connect like ecology and biology and all that with philosophy. So I feel like that's definitely something like you should have included just to be like, 
you know, have that unique edge. Cause obviously like everyone's an environmental something, but you have this like philosophy connection. Yeah. And I think I managed to sneak it in there in a couple places. Yeah. But like we, we had to trim down the word counts and there were definitely a few. That uh, was the whole big story. Oh my God. That was... <laughs> He's been working on this essay for so long and it start. you can go ahead and tell it. Yeah. There's one essay that, uh, so this, Amatska actually got featured in this one. Do you, guys, do you remember uh, going to Carrara National Park? Yeah. Like the oh, one so you told a story. I told a story. So uh-huh. it was what's an experience that uh, has deepened your commitment to the environment. And so this is one I've been thinking about a lot, but we went to this place, uh, Carrara National Park, and it's where the like wet forest meets the dry forest. Uh, it's just beautiful. And you walk around, it's all you can hear is like the forest din, like the hum, like birds and bees. Well, insects and the birds, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong. But yeah, no, I, we don't, I don't think we want to be hearing the birds and the bees in the forest. Yeah, that's no, people that's being not, way too loud. That's, yeah, there's... Insects and the parrots is a good way to put it. <laughs> insects and the parrots, there we go. But yeah, I remember just walking down deeper with uh, Avantika and Abby, and we were all just like kind of quiet. And like you're standing around 500-year-old trees. I remember hearing a guide say that... Uh, since trees in the tropics don't have rings, a loose way that you can date them is by uh, looking at the thickness of the vines on them because they add like a millimeter every 10 years. And so you go up and you see ones that are like twice the thickness of your arm and you're like, well, this is a 500-year-old tree, right? Wow. You said something that trip while we were on that hike that stuck with me and I think about it every time I go on a hike where you were either telling me about a study or something, but you said it's shown like when you're walking through a mature forest, yeah. it's shown to like take down your stress levels yeah. and like, um, yeah, I think that yeah. that was the no, gist it. of it. Yeah. And so now every time I walk through a forest or we've done a couple hikes since then, I do think and reflect back on that. And I'm like, how does this make me feel right now? Do I feel less stressed? Like, am I taking in what I'm looking around me? Yeah. No, I mean, it's amazing. It's like, it's definitely the closest experience I've had to like being somewhere sacred. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's cool. That's honestly like, that's how I feel with water. Like with water, I have such a connection to water. I don't know. I don't want to get into astrology, but I am a water sign. <laughs> so <laughs> whenever, you no, know, whenever I'm at wa- like near water, it just like makes me so happy. Like on the Europe trip, when we took the boat across the channel, so we didn't take the channel. We took the ferry between, um, oh, what's the Dover between Dover and Calais and France. And it was like a really nice, like kind of cruise ship ferry. So there was like restaurants and game rooms and everything inside. And so everyone was outside doing that. I literally just sat on the deck, like the entire ferry and just looked at the ocean, like the entire two hour ride. And I was just like, that's like the most at peace I've felt, like one of the most at peace times I've felt in my whole life. Like the water just does something for me. I don't know. So awesome. So sad that you live in Arizona and can't experience that. That's like one of my favorite things about Ecuador too because even like I don't go to California and go to the beach ever so like Ecuador is like my beach that's when I get it and so like I think this yeah when I went back this summer I was like okay I need to go to the beach like this many times because I really need to soak it up because I don't know the next time I'm gonna go and I would just like sit on I would just like go stand in the water like my host sister would be like tanning like on her towel and I would just go stand in the water and she'd like shout and she's like what are you doing like why aren't you swimming why aren't you I'm like I'm enjoying the water <laughs> she's like that, that actually reminds me a lot of Lucas so Lucas is yeah, from totally. Wisconsin he's never seen the ocean before never been on a beach first time on a plane was when he came out to Costa Rica yeah. 
So every time we have a beach day or we go to the beach, he makes it a point to go in the water and he'll just go observe, stand, soak it all in. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really cool. No, that's awesome. Not to sound Stay like on. a hippie, but it's just like water's like so powerful and you just like being like surrounded by it and submerged like you just feel that and like there's like energy in water too no totally and I mean I remember going to Hako it was like such a long stressful week yeah like it was our first week here like first time taking classes first time first week living with our host family all getting adjusted yeah and then we you take a long bus ride out to Hako I think it took like twice as long as it should have yeah and then we just went to the beach right at sunset and like the water is like, I got to say, even Hako, which locals will tell you is like an ugly beach, like obliterates New Jersey. Yeah. I thought New Jersey, you don't even have sand, right? It's like rock beaches. Yeah. I think a lot of it's like artificial sand these days. Oh, they actually brought in sand. Yeah. Which is also like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I came back and my house mom was like, how was it and I was like incredible like the beach the water was so warm I couldn't believe it and she was like yeah she's like just wait there's better no I think that's that's such a typical thing like that definitely happened with me too like when you live somewhere and you're used to something like you don't appreciate it the same way but because like when people that see it with new eyes like it's the total different thing because that was so the same thing like I tell my host sister like oh my gosh that was so cool that was so amazing like that really impressed me everyone should be like that's like we see that every day or like just totally unimpressed and I'm like it's just you when you see with new eyes it's different and like people like locals don't necessarily appreciate it no no question and I mean it's uh I think like part of what I'm looking forward to about going back is just like what are the things that I'll be living in Virginia and think like wow this is like I'm so lucky to get to be around this every day right hopefully you'll get to do like a research um I don't know, trip, project, something that'll take you back to like a tropical location so that you get to like have this experience again. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, let's go. I read a quote the other day that was like, absence makes the heart grow grow fonder. Um, I think that's one thing that like when we go back, when we see things after a break of three months, it'll be like a new appreciation for it. I wonder if, especially Vontika, because you're a more emotional person, like if you're going to have the same assumptions about Tyler, I'd say Tyler has feelings. Okay. (laughs) Assuming you guys are both emotional people. I wonder if you're going to have the same thing that I did where I was like, I am, I like to, I feel very lucky that I'm a very mentally stable person. I was low-key depressed for a month after I came back because I was like, because I was literally like I had built an entire new life there and I just had was ripped up and had to go back. Like I literally, as soon as I stepped off the airplane here, I was like, take me back. Like, I want to go back right now. Like I was bawling in the airport, like the, and the plane ride, like the entire, and I'm not a crier. Like Vaughn can tell you, I like never cry. I was crying this entire way home. I cried for days when I got back. I was like, my life is there. My life is Ecuador. Like, I don't want to be here right now. And I had to like readjust and it sucked because no one in my family speaks Spanish. And I just wanted to be speaking Spanish all the time. And it was just like, the way of life is so different. And I missed that. Like, obviously you probably see in like Latin America, like it's just so much more free and like less structured. And like, that is so nice. Even as I'm someone who loves structure, I love that just change of how my life was. And so I wonder if you guys will kind of have a a similar experience at all. God, I'm like scared now. I'm actually, I've been thinking about this. I'm really- It's called reverse culture shock. 
I had reverse because I, I didn't even have culture shock when I got there. It was only reverse culture shock when I got exactly. back. Exactly. I didn't have culture shock either. And I don't know if it's just because I well I, I don't prepared even... you. I well prepared you. That's why you did that. <laughs> well no, say that. Better, better but I am very afraid of going back. And that's the reason I've like my goal is to make myself as busy as possible when I get back so I don't have time to think about the fact that I'm not in Costa Rica so I have three jobs lined up I actually got oh another gosh. job offer to today well, yeah thank you and so I'm just gonna oh is it the one you to... told me about did you get it like officially so I have the Barrett one yeah. and then I have the personal care assistant one which yeah I interviewed for a while ago and yeah. then he finally confirmed it now. And then I have the medical assistant one. Awesome. Let's so, go. Yeah. So I'm like, and I, I'm not going to be taking any classes when I get back either. Cause I have all my credits here. So it's going to be a solid like two months of the spring semester. And then all of summer where I'm going to just try to work and get experience. That means anytime um, I ask you to go out, the answer is yes, because you don't you go. have homework as an excuse. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, my parents are actually uh, coming down today. And so that's so a couple of hours they're landing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just, that's like one I'm really curious about just in the vein of, of what you're referring to. Right. Where like you in six weeks, right. Like it is enough time to like develop a network of people and a routine. Definitely. And, and you yeah. never get that back again. Like you guys will never have your group again when you get back. Like who knows if you'll ever make it. You're going to start making me cry now when I have six <laughs> oh, weeks God. left. We're only halfway through watching. Okay. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it's going to be different because like I was a little more integrated than you guys. Like I, there was no other Americans like around me. I was the only one. And so that's like maybe different. But I mean, it's di- like, I guess it's comparable as the other exchange students. Like they were in different countries and you guys are all in different states. So it's like there's kind of that. Um, right. An interesting thing that's so interesting is you kind of forget that life continues while you're gone. So you're going to get back and people are going to talk about stuff. And you're going to be like, when did that happen? Because like you're that's just so not true. aware. that. No, because my sisters will be like, oh, yeah, we went and did this. We went and did this. And I'll be like, when? And they're like, oh, you were in Ecuador. I was like, oh, yeah, life continued while I was gone. <laughs> even just things in band or things in case I like I haven't been able to log on to the meetings or anything so every once in a while I'll try to catch up on the group chat and they're talking about all this stuff where I'm like I don't know what these inside jokes mean I don't know what this event was that they put on so that's gonna probably be part of the adjustment coming back and just trying to get caught up on what happened definitely definitely I mean I think uh, like going home during college like is I wouldn't say it's like a form of culture shock exactly Right. But I'm sure you've seen with your friends, like people go and change so much. Over oh, yeah. And their I mean, parents it, don't recognize. Them when they yeah, exactly. Like, like I, up until two days ago, I had like a mop for hair. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. Um, he cleaned up for his mom. I, exactly. His mom's coming in. Like I'm going right to dinner. I'm wearing a polo. Yeah. I like, yeah, it's tried to take care of my hair. I shaved. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think that, uh, as you say, like your parents don't recognize you in some ways and you do so much growing up and then you go and live in another country by yourself. And then yeah. right in a couple hours, like you step back into the same like relation and network yeah. that you were before. And I kind of yeah. hated that. Like, not going to lie. Like, of course I like had missed my family, but I was like, this isn't where I want to be. Like, I don't want to go back to all this stuff. Like, I just want like my Ecuador life back kind of. And then that's like why I definitely say like, as cheesy as it sounds and like, but to be fair, like any 
Latino person I've ever said this to hasn't laughed at me. Like I genuinely say like I'm Ecuadorian, Ecuador, Ecuadorian. I was trying to say the Spanish, Ecuadoriana, Ecuadorian at heart. So like it, cause it just impacted me that much. Like I genuinely like feel such a deep like connection there. So okay. I don't know if you guys are going to feel like a little bit Puerto Rican by the time you leave. Costa Rican. Costa Rican. <laughs> I've done this so many times. I feel like it's a, it's a little bit like, I don't even know, like putting on a shirt that you had when you were like 16 that you really liked. And doesn't fit anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like your, yourself is more expansive than it was. Yes. I wrote an essay about, I feel like I'm dragging on. I'm so sorry. I wrote an essay about this and I was like, I left an acacia shaped hole. And when I came back, I didn't fit into the acacia shaped hole anymore. When I came back, I I had outgrown it. So. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. No, No, it's it's like exactly what you would want from study abroad. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. So, I mean, did you find, so while you were living in Ecuador, I mean, it's just such like an immersive experience. Did you find that you were always, would you say that like your day-to-day was like a 10 out of 10 happiness? Or do you say you felt like normal, there were incredible moments, and then you went back and you were like, wait, what I just did was so remarkable? I think definitely the second one. It's because it's just like those little subtle things that you don't appreciate until you get back. Um, Because I would say I definitely, my happiness was like so high. Like even when I went back this summer, like I called my mom and she was like, you look so happy. She's like, I haven't seen you this happy in like a year. And I was like, (laughs) so it's like, it's just like, I definitely felt so, so happy, but it wasn't like, oh, all my days are 10 out of 10 kind of thing. But it was definitely like when I got back, I was like, oh my gosh, like I miss going down to breakfast in the morning or like I miss just randomly going to the beach or like things like that, that like I couldn't just do anymore. And like even talking to people, like because the time difference, it's a two or three hours, depending on the time of year. Like I couldn't just pick up the phone and call my host sister, whereas I could walk to her, her, our bedrooms were next to each other. Like I used to just be able to open her door and go talk, sit on her bed and talk to her. And now I would have to call her and hope she wasn't busy. Yeah. There's like a line from James Baldwin, I think. It's something to the effect of like, uh, you don't have a home until you leave. And once you're gone, you can't go back, which is like tragic, but also like that's, that's definitely like a human condition thing. Like you find yourself all the way. And like, there's this one like super popular study abroad quote, like most people have studied abroad have heard it. It's like, um, you'll never be fully at home again because a piece of your heart is always elsewhere that's the price you pay for loving and having um family in other places that gave me goosebumps just saying that's just speaking of quotes i want to pivot really quick because we're running out of time i know we need to do song of the week song of the week too but also we have a quote book that we've been making while we're here we were talking about that today andrew said one but i can't remember no So I've been like trying to oh, document. I remember now, sorry. Go ahead. It was something like, there's always a way around a barbed wire fence. <laughs> there you go. That's going in the, that's going in the book. Are but, these all like out, like I, I don't even have context. I just get them out of context right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to find, <laughs> okay, this one, there is a little bit of context for, but I'll tell the quote first and then okay. I'll give the backstory. This quote is from Tyler and it says, I don't know about you guys, but I could take advantage of a papaya <laughs> right now. <laughs> and the story behind this one is I went downstairs to talk to my mama, Tika, and we were just like talking, having a conversation. And I say something along the lines of, 
so what I wanted to say is I want to try a papaya, but instead of the word crowbar, I use the verb that means to take advantage of. So I said, I want to take an advantage of a papaya. And my mom was so confused. She was like looking around. She's like, what are you trying to say? And I was like, I want to take advantage of a papaya. Like I'm excited to take advantage of We a love when you don't know that what you're saying is wrong. And so you just repeat it. Oh, I was so confident. And so she actually calls down my host brother and she's like, can you, like, what is she trying to say? Why didn't you just tell switch him, it and be like, I want a papaya? Why didn't you just switch I it to I want a papaya? <laughs> I was oh trying, but even that, I was like, I want to take advantage of a papaya. What is the, what is the word papaya. for take advantage here? I wonder if we're thinking of the same uh-huh. one. Aprovechar, yeah. And so, aprovechar. Yeah. And so I tell my host brother and he was like, just say it in English. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> and so I said it in English and then we got it all sorted out. But obviously I told everyone and that's where the quote comes from. Did I, I uh, think that's I one think of the I, most. Go ahead. Sorry. Did I tell you, I can tell you after, but if I tell you like my version of that one. No, I want to hear it. Okay. So my, uh, my house mom's nephew is like amazing guy. He was, he lives in Canada actually. And so he was only here for a few days, but like, genuinely one of the smartest people I've ever spoken to. Um, but we were talking, he's, he's taken a couple of philosophy courses since we were talking about like Nietzsche um, and in like, Spanish it, or in English, in Spanish. Oh. And so we were talking about like the cultural values of Costa Rica versus Canada versus the U S. And I was like, this is so cool. I'm so proud of myself that I can like hang with this conversation. Definitely. And then, yeah. And then somehow the conversation came around to like pets because my house mom is a cat and he was like, uh, you have a dog? And I was like, or a cat. And I was like, oh, I got a dog. Like I'm more of a dog guy. And he's like, ah, oh, same with my dad. Like, I don't have any pets, but he always wanted to have dogs around when we were growing up. And I was like, oh yeah, is he like an hombre perro? Like I meant to say like dog, man. And he just cracks up. He's <laughs> is like, he a man dog? Yeah. He's like, you just asked my dad. <laughs> my dad. Like, That's, yeah. These are the things that don't translate, that we try and translate. And it does not work. Oh, yeah. It's so I mean, cool. sometimes it does, but then there's times like that that really just don't. <laughs> Makes for a good story exactly. though. Every time you start to think that you're you're competent your second language you get a reminder exactly oh yeah I like those are the most like embarrassing moments too like when you're so confident and you just repeat it multiple times and then people like just say it in English I hate that when it happens I'm like I know what I'm trying to say though exactly please just let me try exactly (laughs) oh I think I have a good story that we can close off on so you read this real quick and I think you should tell this story behind this one (laughs) when were computers invented me Mm, 1850 I'm on to go. <laughs> so go ahead and tell the backstory oh my part. god so it was one of those uh I saw like one of those memes when we were in Punta Leona <laughs> that was like feel old yet like Ninjago came out in 1975 like regular show came out in 1950 Minecraft was invented in 1832 and <laughs> <laughs> right and so it's a joke but um Avantika was like wait what like Minecraft is around in like 1850s what that's crazy <laughs> Monica, like, you're you're oh my goodness <laughs> you're, you're so gullible <laughs> uh, I was like Monica, like, tell me what year you think computers were invented you and did not say 1850 I knew that she was just gonna think like 
okay, well, like, clearly it was, like, not when that <laughs> meme said it was, but it's got to be somewhere, like, in between, and I feel like computers have been around for a minute, and she goes, 1850. Oh, and I thought, about it. I thought about it for a while, and I went through that exact process Tyler just explained, where it's not that far back, but, like, computers have been around. Did you, 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 like, deadpan said 1850 and thought you were like close it wasn't a proud moment acacia it's i've always, grown from then i it's, promise it's just like but how like, your reasoning works though because you like get a start date and you're like i'm trying to set me up for it he knew that was gonna yeah. happen i'm trying to like give you the benefit of the doubt and hope you meant 1950 since that's around when computers were actually invented like that maybe you switched the eight and the nine no sure you just... we'll, we'll just say yeah. that okay. that sounds good gotcha on that note, we can do our sound. You guys have to go first because I have no idea. I need to think. I already have mine. Okay, you go first. Look at you being prepared for once. I know. It's because this is another one that Tyler introduced to me. I know. The list is just too long. Um, So last time I said Tom, Tom Niche or Niche or whatever, right? So this time I want to say Okay, the band name is so random. Rainbow Kitty Surprise. Is Rainbow Kitty Surprise, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and their song is called Free Falling. Absolutely. Or it's called Free Fall. Oh, it's called Free Fall. Yeah. The song is called, it's called Free yeah, Fall. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's confusing. To right. Um, but definitely on my playlist now, the first time I heard it, I was hooked. Like, love the lyrics of it. It's catchy. It has mm-hmm. a cool guitar riff in the middle of it. Um, it's a fun one. That one's awesome. Yeah. Oh, also, I have a really good memory of us. Um, we, the hike we were doing in Hako, we were like walking down and I wanted like a time lapse of us walking. And so that song was playing in that That's video. That's really cool. Yeah. So I really like that. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. I can go next. Um, yeah. So I've listened to this one in a minute, but Sunday Morning by Ty- uh, Tyson Motzenbacher is a really cool song. Um, I've seen him like do like little live shows of it um, where he talks about where it came from. And it's a lot about like him going to youth group and church when he was growing up um, and thinking about like that experience and then hanging out with his friends when he got older. And I think he, uh, he compares like the feeling of like community that like church was supposed to facilitate or facilitate with like playing Mario Kart with his friends. And he's like, well, one of these is God and one of these isn't. (laughs) And what are are we doing here? Um, But it's a really sweet song. I would strongly recommend it. I love your music taste. You need to like send me a playlist or something. Every song that he's recommended, I've like totally liked. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Okay, Jay, your turn. I think I'm going to go with, so this one is actually not new at all. I think this one probably came out around the time I went to Ecuador, like after it's probably 2019 and it's called Echa Pa Mi. So Tyler, you probably figured out by now, my songs are always Spanish songs because that's like all I listen to is Spanish. No, that's cool though. So yeah, and that one's by Bosa, which I really like his stuff. He does a lot of collaborations. I think that one was just him though, but I really like that one. Like it's just... It's a sweet song too, because obviously it means like made for me. So yeah, it's it's a good one. Okay, cool. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yes. If you want my playlist, you can have my playlist. Okay, <laughs> Lots of good Spanish recs, because I have like all my favorite Spanish songs in a playlist. No, for sure. Send it my way. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on, Tyler. We really appreciate it. I'm glad you volunteered. Like Avantika didn't even have to beg anyone to come on. So I'm well, glad thank you, you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Of course. 
Also, stay tuned for part two, where it's going to be all in Espanol. Seriously. Yes. Yes. That'd be really cool. I do want to give that We should do that. We we have some time here. I think we'll definitely try to find that out. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, he needs to get off to class. Two minutes on class. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining, Tyler. All right. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Staccato. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us some stars and a review telling us what you think.